0: Yevski takes flight as SGA plays through the contact paints it in on the foul.
1: Hello
2: everybody and welcome to the uncontested podcast post game edition. I'm your host for tonight Justin as the OKC Thunder beat the Sacramento Kings 105-103. to 103. Before we dive into all of that, I want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of SI Thunder. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. We would greatly appreciate it. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, facebook and tiktok because who wouldn't want that much content okc beats the kings in dramatic fashion something thunder fans should be getting used to by now uh once again okc comes back from double digits down it was their fourth comeback of that amount words are hard uh it it was their f- the fourth time this season the thunder have come back from double digits down to win a game um incredible fourth sorry fourth 15 point comeback not double digits 15 points that's the stat i was looking for that's ridiculous ridiculous stuff from okc the thunder are making this a habit and i don't know whether to be mad or impressed maybe a little of both OKC seems to come out a little bit sluggish, and that was no exception tonight. OKC looked terrible in the first half. It was uh it was ugly. It was ugly for both teams to start the game. I tweeted this out from the account tonight that both teams combined to shoot four of 20 to start the game, which aside from being a funny number, is a terrible shooting percentage. Not not great from either team. It got better, but it took a while. It took most of the game for the Thunder to crack 40% shooting as a team. They end up at 42.4, which is honestly impressive considering how it started. 10 of 30 from behind the arc for OKC tonight. Once again, that number was in the teens for a good chunk of this game. So for for how bad uh <laughs> for how bad they started shooting tonight, uh they, they turned it on in the second half. The other factor of what I think kind of flipped this game is the bench. The bench was terrible, non-existent, uh, made no impact in the first half. And we've really seen the bench be pretty impactful for OKC. Not necessarily everyone. OKC plays a deep lineup. They play a lot of guys. Not everyone's going to give you something every night, but there's always someone. And in the first half, there was not much contribution. However, In the third quarter, third, fourth quarter, when OKC made a run and took their first lead of the game, it was that bench unit that was doing most of the damage. And the spark plug tonight was our own rookie, Trey Mann. Trey Mann, the spark plug. Trey 1K on SoundCloud. Go bump him some plays tonight. Get those numbers up. He earned it. 12 points for Trey Mann tonight. Five of eight shooting. One of one from behind the arc. Two rebounds. One assist one steal, he was making plays. He looked like he belonged out there. He looked like he was giving effort on the defensive end for most of the time. That's that's all I'm looking for. I'm not looking for perfect defense out of Trey Man yet. But as Mark Dagnall likes to say, we want to see Trey Man eating his broccoli. And he was eating his broccoli tonight, and he was reaping the rewards. He had one play where he had a nice defensive play. The rebound got kicked to him. He ran down the court for a fast-break bucket. He's just—he's electric. The three-pointer was huge. His shooting stroke's really nice. I love what he brings, and you see those flashes from him. He's so young and so raw, but the potential that's there is really exciting. If you're a Thunder fan, it's been—it's been hard to endure the early hot takes and uh, quick decisions on the Trey Man versus Alperen Şengün drama that has already taken place i mean come on we're 10 games into the season uh, we've had summer league and 10 games of the season and that's it and people are already ready to crown shangoon like the biggest steal of any nba draft ever pump the brakes Trey treyman looks great Trey treyman has a lot of potential i don't think i'm ready to call that one just yet uh treyman getting burned with the blue uh, playing with the blue, getting called back up to the Thunder, the Thunder really utilizing the blue to get the those extra minutes, that extra in-game experience. I don't know if you can attribute all of what we saw from Trey Mann tonight just to that, but it certainly doesn't hurt. I think getting that confidence, getting the moments to like really play some actual significant minutes, get more time with the ball in his hands, we've just seen it over and over from these Thunder young guys like Poku last year. It's so invaluable. And the way that OKC is using the blue to really kind of polish and and get more kind of accelerate the experience growth of these young guys is really cool to see, especially on days like today, where the blue play in the morning at the PACOM center and the Thunder play at night. Doesn't get much more integrated than that. Now we can't go too long in this podcast with talking without talking about Lugans Dort. Lugans, my guy, 22 points, 9 of 18 from the floor, 2 of 8 from behind the arc. Let's not talk about that. Five rebounds, one assist, one block, two steals, one of which was the game-clinching steal in the clutch with the game on the line. Ball game tied. Kings have the ball. Lugans sacrifices the body, gets the ball free takes it down the court, and finishes in traffic? What? Lugans Dort finishing in traffic? Amazing. What a sequence for Lou Dort. And then we got the waterworks, the Hollywood ending, and the post-game interview where he revealed that tonight was the first time that his mom has gotten to see him play in Oklahoma City. I mean, come on. That's that's a Hollywood script right there. Lou Dort balls out. He was the best player for most of the game for the Thunder. He was the most consistent contributor on the floor tonight for OKC. And he seals it with a game-winning steal and bucket in front of his mom. And he was fired up. He was fired up running down the floor. The team was fired up. The energy that this team has has a lot to do with why they've been able to have these comebacks. They're just comfortable. They've got the passion They've got the the will, and I think that's what I love about watching this team under Mark Dagnall is they're not always going to do everything right because they're young. They're so young. We got a DM tonight talking about how this team starting lineup was younger than the Kansas Jayhawks starting lineup tonight. They're young. They're so, so young. They're going to make lots of mistakes, but if you can do the right things, if you know the right things to do and can strive for that eventually they're going to click you're going to get it right you're going to break through that wall the first part of the season the thunder weren't breaking through that wall very often it was bumpy now they're on a four-game win streak don't look now black eye of the nba four-game win streak for okc i haven't decided how i feel about that um i still very much would like to get a very high lottery pick and (laughs) uh it's 10 games into the season i'm not worried I, they're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, we don't need to worry about that. I don't think knock on wood maybe, uh, but they're definitely not where I thought they would be at this point in the season. I most certainly did not think they would be writing a four game win streak right now. But I think that goes back to when you build a team the right way and you practice the fundamentals and you practice doing things the right way, you're going to find success. You're not going to always be successful with a team this young, but you're going to find success if you're doing things the right way. And that's what we're seeing out of the Thunder so far this season.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: Let's talk about our guy,
2: Shay SGA tonight, also tied with Lou Dort, 22 points for the most points on the thunder Shea nine of 24 shooting yikes. Also two of eight from three yikes, despite leading the team in scoring, which seems like a, an almost every night thing for Shay, not a good night for him. His shot was not there and it hasn't been there for a couple games and that's okay. Guys go through shooting slump, shooting slumps. I'm not. Nobody should be sounding the alarms. But this team goes where Shea goes more often than not, and I think that's what you saw in the first half tonight. Shea didn't have it, and the Thunder didn't have it. That's why they were down big. What changed in the second half is other guys found it, like Trey Mann, like Lou Dort, like somebody else we're going to talk about in a moment. But Shea is the the anchor of this team. He controls whether they're up, whether they're down. And that that just has to do with the fact that he is the superstar on this team. He is the most important player on the Thunder. If you get a big performance out of Shea, more often than not, you're going to see positive things out of Oklahoma City as a whole. His shot hasn't been there. It's looked a little off. Um, I'm not smart enough to have a solution for him. If I did, I'd probably be sitting on the Thunder bench or at least uh, somewhere in the training facility. But Shea can still do other things. Um, He still commands attention on offense, which can set things up for other guys. He's still putting pressure on the other teams. Even if the ball's not going in the basket, his ability to drive now combined with that step-back three-pointer keeps defenses honest. And unless you're going to lock him up with Davion Mitchell every single possession, who had some really nice possessions on Shea tonight, it's going to be a hard task for most teams to lock down Shea. So more often than not, um, Shay's going to be able to take this team places. So the next guy I want to talk about that I just alluded to, we have some comments in the chat as well. Darius Baisley, Darius Baisley has taken a lot of flack, um, some on this podcast, some from me, Darius Baisley's biggest knock is not his ability is not his work ethic is not his, um, scoring outburst. It's his consistency. Darius Baisley's biggest knock has been consistency. And what we've seen is the last four games, this winning streak, Darius Baisley has played great. 15 points tonight for Bays, 6 of 8 from the floor, 2 of 3 from behind the arc, 8 rebounds, and 2 blocks to go with it. You look back at the games before this, it's really, it's five games, really. If you include the, the close loss to the Clippers, Baisley's had five great games 15 points tonight, like I mentioned, 14 points against the Pelicans off 55% shooting, 11 points against the, against the Spurs, 14 points against the Lakers off 50% shooting, and 66% shooting from behind the arc, and 15 points in the loss to the Clippers. That is the consistency that we've been wanting to see from Darius Baisley. We have known the potentials there. We've seen what he's capable of. He has some high highs, but he also has some really low lows. And what we wanted to see was like, let's even those peaks out a little bit. We don't need 25, 30 point outings from Baisley all the time. But what we also don't need is two point outings from Baisley all the time. The O of 6 shooting nights. And and that seems to be all too common with Baisley. All we have been hoping to see, or at least that I've been hoping to see, I can't speak for anyone else. What I've been hoping to see from Darius Baisley is let's find consistency. It doesn't have to be every single night, but just more often than not, let's get a solid contribution out of Baisley because I think that's what he can bring to this team. In five games now, he's done it. And the Thunder benefited. They've won four of them, and they almost beat the Clippers at Staples Center. I think Baisley is finding his rhythm, but again, it goes back to consistency. Can he keep it up? Can he take five games and go to 10? Can he have 10 solid games in a row? If so, we start having the conversation about Baisley taking that jump that we've been waiting for. In, in the third year of his career, getting that that jump to be able to kind of be a consistent scoring piece for this team, a consistent playmaker hitting that three point shot more consistently, all of those things that they can start to click for Darius Baisley, the opinions totally flip on him. And as he's heading into a situation where he's got a a contract extension looming, he better figure it out. uh, If he wants to remain a member of the thunder, I think that is the pathway to Darius Baisley's future on this team. And it's really encouraging to see. I want I just want to make sure that I, I'm being fair to Darius Baisley because we talk often about his inconsistencies and his struggles. He's been great for five games now, so I want to make sure that we talk about that just as much. But speaking of inconsistency, Poku. We got to talk about Poku. The Poku experience was back uh, at the peak. Oh, God, at the Paycom Center. Pfft, I hate it. At the Paycom Center, the Poku experience was back as Jacob called it on Twitter tonight. Poku shit was back. Just nonsensical playmaking from Alexei pokushevsky on a night where he played mostly terrible. You look at the box score and you see nothing. 1 point, 0 of 5 shooting, 0 of 2 from behind the arc, 6 rebounds, good, 2 assists, good, 2 blocks, good. Those two assists and those two blocks were loud. Poku doesn't do anything quietly, but those were loud. The first assist catches a rebound, throws it behind his back to JRE. Just unacceptable levels of sauce. Unnecessary levels of sauce, but I loved every second of it. I need extra sauce from Poku like that every time. So good. The Peak loved it. I keep saying the Peak, and it's pissing me off. The Paycom Center loved it. (laughs) Everybody loved it. It doesn't matter how bad Poku's playing. If he can throw some spice out there like that, everybody's going to eat it up. The second one, he was like driving the lane, then kind of stopped and stepped back and maybe kind of carried the ball, but then flung it inside to, I think it was Favors, maybe JRE again, I can't remember, but another really nice assist. And then he came down the other end on a fast break and just erased a Metu fast break, slapped it off the backboard, just super phenomenally exciting moments from Poku amidst a whole bunch of just like baby deer slipping on the ice disaster, and that's kind of the Poku experience. Just like with Baisley, what you want to see out of Poku, though I think you give Poku maybe a little more leeway, definitely more leeway at this point than you give Baisley, is consistency. We know it's there, he can do some stuff, he can make some winning plays, he can change the outcome of a basketball game but can he do it consistently can he do more nice assists good recovery blocks and less tripping over my own feet and throwing the ball to nobody because right now it's it's kind of an even mix and probably tilted more in the bad favor so far this season Poku is a wild card Poku is a a swing for the fences for Sam Presti if you're rebuilding and you're at the early stages of a rebuild like the Thunder are Poku is a great guy to have around because he could be something awesome, or he could be absolutely nothing. And if he's absolutely nothing, that's okay. Because w- we still have so much time watching this team grow up before they really have to like make that decision on Poku. We've got more time. It's not like the team is you know nearing the moment where they're ready to contend for playoffs. If so, Poku wouldn't be here. Poku would be gone. Poku would not have a role on this team. He might be here, but he wouldn't be playing. He certainly, certainly wouldn't be playing 16 minutes like he did tonight. So enjoy the Poku experiment. Um, it's, it's must see TV whenever he's out there. I can't take my eyes off of him and not just because of his frame, but because of the, the things he can do with the basketball. We just want to see him do those things a little bit more consistently. Some other big contributors for the Thunder tonight. Kenny Hustle had some really great minutes off the bench. When is that not true? Uh, Kenny hustle consistently brings a spark off the bench. Um, super, super impactful playmaking from him. Love watching Kenny hustle do the dirty work. Mike Muscala, some really nice minutes as well. Two of four shooting one of three from behind the arc, seven points for Muskie in 12 minutes. He just seems to come in and cook. Doesn't matter how long he's out there. He's going to put some buckets in. He's going to bring a spark to this team. And tonight was no exception. Then we have to talk about, uh, JRE. JRE I thought mostly played terrible. And I was ready to like die on that hill. And then the Thunder tweeted that he had 14 rebounds, which was the most since a bacca for a Thunder rookie. And I don't know what to do with that. Because I thought he mostly played terrible, but you can't argue with that. 14 rebounds ties a Baca for the most as a thunder rookie. That's something. I talked a little bit earlier about how, you know, when things aren't going well, like finding those moments that you can impact a game, finding the little things, doing things the right way. Gary shot one of nine from the floor tonight. He didn't have a good scoring night. He wasn't impacting the game. Like we're used to him seeing, seeing him do, but 14 rebounds as a way that he carved out a way to impact this game. He made a positive impact in the rebound department. Um, by far the most rebounds of any Thunder player, almost doubling up Darius Bazley, who was the second most with eight. You, got, you love to see that. From a rookie to understand like, hey, the ball's not going in the basket for me tonight. What else can I do? That's good stuff from JRE. We have a comment in the chat here from Alex, Alec Horseman. Everyone talks about trying for Paolo or Chet when we're playing too good and are more likely to get someone of Jalen Duran caliber. It's early. It's 10 games into the season. I think Chet or Palo is still the goal. Um, I don't don't know how the Thunder get there, but I think that's still the goal. I do, however, think it's interesting hearing some of the things this last week from people like Sam Vecini, who really kind of said, you know, there's no typical number one guys in this class. That's really interesting to me knowing how Presti likes to approach talent. And I think Presti trusts for better or for worse sometimes, trusts his talent evaluation more than most. We're seeing it pay off at least early with Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy at six is looking like it was a good find for Sam Presti. Does he feel that same level of confidence heading into next year's draft? If there's not a consensus top tier of this draft, even like there was this year, this year had a very strong top five. If next year doesn't have a strong top two or top three is Presty more comfortable being okay with, okay, we'll pick five, six, seven, eight. Cause we're good with who we can get there. Maybe. I would argue that's probably not the smartest thing to do. You probably still want to try for the highest odds because we know that even if you have the highest odds, it's still not great odds of getting the top pick, much like we saw with the Thunder this year. But all of that is above my pay grade. I think all that to say, no matter where um where the thunder pick, if this draft class it doesn't have like superstars at the very top, I think we can feel good about Presty's track record of picking guys in the lottery who can be impactful. Um, hopefully we can find another cornerstone for this team to go alongside Shea, to go alongside Giddy, to really kind of push this rebuild another year forward and see what happens next year. It is very interesting. It is starting to feel a little bit like the, you know, the Chris Paul thunder year where everyone thought, okay, this is the tank. And then they made the playoffs. I don't think we're playoff bound this year, but same thing last year, they started out solid. And then they trickled off. I don't know if we'll be able to trickle off that hard this time. Um, There's a lot of just very specific circumstances that happened last season to pull that off. But I would be surprised if this level of winning, if this 5-6 and record plays out across the 82 games, I'll be very, very surprised. But hey, I'm surprised right now. So maybe that doesn't mean too much. Grindo24 in the chat. I'm higher on Man, Giddy, and Baisley than I am on Puku. That's just hurtful. He hasn't shown me anything consistently worth praising, consistently being the key. The kid's got flashes, but he doesn't have consistency and he makes some big mistakes. Everything he does is loud. I think the thing to keep in mind with Poku is his age and his youth. He is still in his second year one of the youngest players in the NBA and he'll still be one of the youngest players in the NBA next year. He's younger than a lot of the top lottery guys for next year's draft class. He is so young. And I think it's easy to forget that when you get a guy going into his second season next year, when he's going into his third season to forget that, like he's a baby, he's a baby. And so we have to take that into consideration with Poku. Absolutely. Next thing I want to talk about, I am I'm the uniform guy on this podcast, so I would be remiss if I didn't address the city edition uniforms for the Thunder tonight. Debuting tonight, being city nights every Friday night home game in Oklahoma City, they're going to be wearing the white and gray and silver city edition uniforms on the first ever alternate court that matches. I will say this. I'm so happy to see an alternate court. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen my, my mock-ups the last couple years to go with the city edition uniforms. It just makes sense, especially when the city edition uniform doesn't match your normal color scheme. You got to have the court that goes with it. Every other team, it seemed like was doing it except for the thunder. I have it on good authority that they would have had one last year, if not for COVID, but this year we finally got it. And that was my favorite part. If I can be honest, that was my favorite part. The court with the gray accents matching the uniforms looked really nice. Now, the unpopular opinion of the night, I hate the uniforms. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know a lot of people like them. Um, When I got a peek at them, I tweeted, whatever your expectations are for the Thunders City Edition uniforms, lower them. And I stand by that. Uh, I think they're terrible. I think they're probably the worst uniform the Thunder have ever had. And that's hard to say because they had the nasty like gray gradient ones the first year. And they had the NASCAR looking ones last year, which a lot of people also liked. I wasn't a huge fan. What I don't like about it is. It looked blank on TV, like it looks OK when you get some of the details Some of the gray and the silver, like, it looks nice. I still stand by that, like, just take this design and add normal thunder colors, and it's instantly better. But on TV, and I'm assuming from the stands, it literally just looks white. It looks blank, and it looks like a mistake. And so I I don't love it. I'm glad everybody loves it. Not everything has to be for me. So as long as everybody else is happy, that's cool. I do like a lot of the merch, City Edition merch dropping on uh monday so keep an eye out for that (laughs) joseph dieterman says you need to clean your glasses stern but fair joseph um not for me glad everybody else likes it i do like a lot of the merch so keep your eyes out for that the uh the courtside jacket in particular is pretty icy i like that a lot upcoming for okc they have a jam-packed week They play on Sunday, on Monday, on Wednesday, on Friday, on Saturday. Five games next week, starting tomorrow or starting Sunday, pardon me, against Brooklyn. Then they face Miami and Houston at home before heading on the road to Milwaukee and Boston to round out the week. That's a lot of basketball ahead. A young team, tired legs, five games and seven nights. That's a lot. That's going to be a lot. This is going to be a tough stretch for Oklahoma City, especially starting off on Sunday against Brooklyn. They sit at five and six now. It'll be very interesting to see where they stand at at next weekend's intersection. Make sure to plan to join us on Sunday night for our weekly live stream. We jump on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook. We break down the week that was in Thunder Basketball and go around the association to cover the NBA as a whole. We get the whole gang together. We have a lot of fun. So check that out at 9 p.m. Central Time on Sunday night and every Sunday night. And then after every Thunder game just like this, we'll do a post-game podcast a little shorter. We'll hit the highlights of the game to catch you up and give you everything you need to know about each and every Thunder game streaming live as well as wherever you get your podcast, every show audio gets posted on your podcast player of choice Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, whatever. We're there. If you can't find us, tell us. We'll make sure we get there. Make sure to subscribe wherever that is you get your podcast and leave us a five star rating if you can. It means so, so much. Helps more people find our podcast, which helps us do more cool stuff. And speaking of cool stuff, if you do leave us a five star rating, Shoot us a DM with a screenshot of that on any of our socials. We will mail you in a holographic uncontested sticker. I designed them myself, and if I do say so, they are quite dope. There's one on the back of my laptop right now, and there could be one on yours too. So to recap, Oklahoma City beats the Kings 105 to 103. We're officially going streaking. The Thunder win four straight as they head into a Sunday evening game against the Brooklyn Mets. Be sure to tune in to that and join us afterwards at 9 p.m. for our weekly live stream. That'll do it for me tonight. Follow me on Twitter at OKCTracker for all your uniform news and nonsense. And until next time, Thunder Up.